The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Aaron Lapidus, who is known as the Garage Sale Millionaire. Uh, he has a website, thegaragesaremillionaire.com. Welcome to the show, Aaron. How's it going, Jordan? Great to be with you. So let's just start with a little bit. You have a kind of a unique way of making money for people and running a business. So kind of go back to the beginning and how did you start getting into this whole process and creating this whole business of helping people uh, make money from garage sales? You know, some people say being an entrepreneur, you're kind of born with it. And on my, at least with me, I have to believe that's correct. You know, when I was nine or 10, um, I wanted to have more toys. And I went to my parents and said, you know, I'm, I, I'd like to get some of the new toys that are coming out. And they said, sure, but we're going to have to sell some of your old toys to get the money to buy new toys. And I felt this is very fascinating. And I go, how would we do that? And they go, well, you'll take all the toys and the clothes you don't fit in anymore and the toys you don't play with anymore. And we're going to put them on our front lawn and we'll take some of the stuff out of our house that we don't use anymore. We'll put that on the front lawn and invite the neighborhood to come on over and buy it. And whatever we sell, we'll give to you and you can buy no, new toys. And I was just fascinated with this and it worked so well. I did several. I did uh, one a year with my parents. And uh, when I turned 13, I started to buy coins and stamps and, and flipping those and making more money going to estate sales and then and, and buying and flipping and putting ads and little ads in the back of the newspaper. And then I got interested in art and took all the money I made and opened up Fascination Street Fine Art Gallery when I was in my early 20s. And it's still going on today, roughly 26 years later. And then you have a TV show. Tell us about the TV show as well. So I was uh, lucky enough to um, be, I felt what I had to offer about collectibles could be on a TV show. So um, PBS picked me up and I spent uh, 10 years on national PBS and have, I think, over 55 shows in the can that were, were aired on PBS. I haven't been on for a little while, but it, it, was, a, it was a great run. And then I had the opportunity to uh, write the book, The Garage Sale Millionaire, which uh, Wiley picked up and um, got to have my own column in the Denver Post for a year and a half called The Garage Sale Millionaire, which um, just finished about a year ago. So I spent a year and a half with my own weekly column, which was absolutely amazing. What was the impact of being on PBS for 10 years and having the book? What did that do for your business? You know, it, it made me an expert. And it's very interesting, Jordan, that a lot of people, when you run a business, um, they they want to feel comfortable giving you their money. And uh, as soon as uh, there was any questions, and we ship all over the world with my art gallery, 
And if any of my staff had somebody that had a question of why should we shop with you, they would say, you know, you, um, I'm going to send you a link to my, the owner's bio and then let us know if you have any questions after that. And everybody saw me as an expert, and that's where it solidified me being the top of my game, the store people wanted to buy at. It didn't hurt that the FBI also uses me as their expert for sports memorabilia and art. So all that really, really helped me moving forward with my business because a lot of people in this day are nervous using the Internet and over the phone, giving people their credit card number and trusting people. And I think I've taken that out of the equation. So credibility has a big part in making your business be successful. And the TV show and the book helped improve your credibility. A absolutely. And I sell high-end art. So, um, you know, I think with any business I would have done um, or anybody else out there that is listening, credibility is everything. And if once you can get somebody over that, um, through that hoop, then I think the, the sale is a lot easier to make or the business decision for the person that you're working with. What can people find at the website, thegaragesalemillionaire.com? Um, all my articles, um, all my articles that I wrote for the Denver Post, they can also see other videos that I've, I've done for um, PBS. Um, I have a blog and they can connect and, and get a chance to meet me through my Facebook. You can click onto my Facebook page through my website. So um, they can even buy my book. So they can, it's a good way of connecting with me and telling me what they're thinking about and asking for ideas because uh, that's kind of the way it's, everybody needs to connect through you through some way. And that's how I use my Facebook. Uh, that's how there's, I use my website. There's a whole community of buyers and sellers of collectibles that goes through your website. Is that correct? A lot of times people will ask questions, how do I sell, am I interested in buying stuff? And I'm always a buyer, um, but you know, I like to give people all the avenues of how they can sell their items. It's not just me, you know, you have places like uh, eBay, if it's high end, you have places like Christie's and Sotheby's. And so I, I try to be a, a source for people for information on high end collectibles. So who is this correct for? Who can do successful collectible trading like what you're talking about here you know in the book when i when i wrote it i wrote it to for a beginner basically all the way up to somebody who's done it before and i believe anybody because uh, i'm i'm not a rocket scientist in any way and i believe that you can anybody can just learn some of the basics and start to read books to become an expert on certain collectibles. You can't be an expert on every collectible. So I always recommend find a collectible that you have a passion in. Like I have one on sports memorabilia and coins and pre presidential memorabilia. So I'm always reading books and articles on that. And so it ju I just teach people how if you start with nothing, that's okay. And then you learn a little bit more about it. You start to go to garage sales and estate sales. And I truly believe anybody can make this as a great size side business or a full-time business. And how much capital do you need to get started if you really want to be serious about this? You know, that's the nice thing about it because I, I, in the book I teach people how to have a garage sale and to get a, to start out with a small bankroll from the money you make from your garage sale. A lot of things, Jordan, and I bet you have a ton of things in your house that you can go through closets and your garage and just stuff you haven't used in a long time. 
and just put it out and sell it. And I bet if you did it correctly with a lot of great signs and had help and um, advertising Craigslist, I bet w just a little, a few tips, you can make a thousand to two thousand dollars. And I think that's enough to start rolling it in to your bankroll to start buying and selling different and better collectibles. How does the collectible market track compared to the economy and the stock market and interest rates? I mean, is it correlated or is it separate? Or if the stock market's doing well, collectibles do well? What is the correlation between collectibles and traditional markets? That's an amazing question. You know, when the economy took a big, big dive in 08 and 09 and slowly came on back, it was interesting how art wasn't taking big hits. Like if you track Cresties and Sotheby's on their auction numbers for high-end art and collectibles, there was not a panic selling. As a matter of fact, I think people invest in art and collectibles as a way of hedging their portfolio. And I and, and to this day, I did not have a I did I have clients who want to sell me back their art and collectibles? Yes, absolutely. There's always going to be areas of the of uh, people in the marketplace that can't hang on and they're going they're going panic and need the money but overall people did not want to liquidate their collectibles and the collectibles as a whole with art stood very very strong and did not get wasted away like people's 401k and other things that they had money into how does it do compared to inflation does it do collectible prices tend to go up faster when there's more inflation, because if anything, now we have deflation, we have prices falling for oil, commodities, other things. But is this an inflation hedge or how is commodity price, collectible prices uh, affected by inflation? Absolutely, because with inflation, everything goes up and with you have different things like with sculptures. Um, a lot of the sculptor sculptures out there use bronze. Bronze goes up. There's different things that are used silver. Um, even though with silver going down and gold and kind of hanging in there, that still is going. Everything uses some kind of a supply line, chain, or product. And so art does and collectibles does go up. So it is very, very important. Nothing of, in art and collectibles really ever goes down. It's collectible. It's investment. You will always see it. Um, it's very rare when you see a collectible um, drop in price. In your first chapter, you talk about the basic tools you need to get started. So why don't you give us some of the tools uh, that people need to get started in this, this business? You know, what everybody, it's, and some of it's very, very simple. You know, having, I, I'm thinking people need to, you know, are going to do this out of their home. So having a, a very strong computer and being able to get on the internet and, and being able to start looking at setting up an account for eBay, Craigslist so you can start looking at items to buy. There are so many good things. People on Craigslist don't want to take part in eBay. So if you start searching just Craigslist, you can find great, great deals. But then you want to start setting your up accounts for other little auctions, seeing what things are going. Um, make sure you always have a good virus protection um, on your on your computer set up your paypal account get credit cards because credit cards linked to your paypal account also add an extra le a level of security and with that i think that's good that where you can just start setting stuff up 
started an account with USPS or UPS to start um, setting up how you're going to ship and maybe a box number where you can get shipping items. I always like, a lot of people for security reason do not like to have stuff shipped to their house. So going over to one of the, like a send them packing kind of thing or a Kinko's where you can have a, your own box where stuff can come there at any time of the week so you don't have to be there. That's also something good to set up. And some of those things are very, very simple to um, uh, get, get started. Is that something people have to be worried about? I and mean, is there kind of an underside to this business that uh, it sets you up to be robbed and uh, you know people say they have a lot of value there? Is that something we have to worry about? Jordan, actually, as we speak, I'm working with uh, the police department and the um, FBI on a huge, huge scam um, that, and, and I, I kind of brought it to them. Somebody sent me a certified check. They wanted me to send them the art um, to put the check in, the, in my bank account and then wire them money back so they can pay the movers to come pick the art up. The check is no good. Matter of fact, if you look at it closely, the whatever printing mechanism they're using, it needs more ink. Um, the check is no good. They want me to wire. The, the address is from to going to somebody who doesn't even know about the scam. And it's been going on and on and on. So if anytime any of your listeners get somebody that wants them to send out something right away because they got a certified check and wants them then to wire the difference because they overpaid for the art and they want me to wire the difference to their so-called movers so they could have the piece picked up and delivered. It's all a scam and there's tons of scams like that that people have to be aware of. So in that case, they were not only going to steal the art, but they were getting paid to do so. Is basically Absolutely. What you're saying. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're very, very sophisticated. And so, you know, you can't, if you ever wonder if it's a scam, if it's too good to be true, then it's, then it's probably a scam. You know, people use credit cards that are fake credit cards. So you always have to make sure that you're sending to people's billing address or use PayPal because it takes a mystery out of a lot of things because if you register through PayPal, they have a layer of protection for you. So always got to be careful if somebody's uh, using a credit card or a check and you just got to cover all your bases so you don't get taken advantage. Very good. Terrific. We'll, we'll take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Aaron Lapidus. He's known as the Garage Sale Millionaire. His website is thegaragesalemillionaire.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. 
Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Aaron Lapidus. He's known as the Garage Sale Millionaire. His website is thegaragesalemillionaire.com. Welcome back to the show, Aaron. Thanks for having me. So the big question is, to buy or not to buy, um, how do you evaluate uh, whether you should buy something in the first place, what the price to pay is, and and how you're going to know you're going to be able to sell it at a profit before you even buy it in the first place? So, Jordan, a lot of times people get so excited at garage sales or estate sales or, you know, even going to the Goodwill stores um, because there are stores out there that have so many great collectibles. But people pull the trigger too early. They don't do their quick research, like having their smartphone and seeing what it is and maybe looking on eBay or some websites to make sure what you're getting ready to buy actually has a value. Because there's a lot of stuff that look the exact same, that are maybe made to look old. Um, the signature is not a real signature, but it, it's signed in screen. So people need to like slow it down and start to do quick research on the spot before they buy it. If they do not know what they're buying, and it's you know it's it's a lot of money, they maybe should buy it. If it's a four or five dollars, sure, take the risk. But really. It's so easy to find more about items with your smartphone. And it's good just to slow down, get some ideas, find some pricing before you do any kind of buying. What kind of authentication process should people take to make sure that what they're buying is the real thing and not a fake? Um, You know, if it is autographed, uh, you know, a lot of times I would have to say 60 Minutes did a great piece on this about eight years ago, saying about, they figured out about 50% of all autographs out there, I don't care if you talk about presidential, sports memorabilia, whatever, are fake. No, it's just as clear, and maybe even more. So if it's an autograph, you got to be prepared that if it's in a garage sale at the Goodwill store, very good chance it's a fake. And if it's not, and you want to take a risk, there are places like Steiner and PSA DNA, um, James Spence Authentic, that you can actually send it to, and they will authenticate it for money. So, and it'll cost anywhere between $75 and $250. And so that's a very good start. So if you have something that you think could be super valuable, it's worth it. But be prepared that, you know, it, it's, everybody has a story how they got a signature, but the story is not real. 
if the signature is not real. And a lot of people says that's kind of crazy to think about, but everybody has a signature. And then when you, when you kind of drill down deep, you realize the person never saw it get signed. They went to a back room. It was sent to them. So it's a lot of times what people have in autographs are not real and it's sad, but it's, it's true. And on other things, there's always an expert out there. If you got an old, um, you know, chest of drawers and you think it's hugely antique. Um, there are other antique dealers that for a small price, you can take uh, different items to and they'll give you their um, uh, best, best opinion. So once you found that it is authentic, what do you get? Do you actually get some kind of a certificate of authenticity that you should then show when you're listing this on eBay or something? Or how, how do you use a certificate you get like that? All right, so uh, uh, certificates of authenticity are really not worth anything. You know, if, if my gallery gave you one, and I've been around for 26 years, you know, there is, that does hold weight. If I give you one from the publisher that printed the art, that holds more weight. So you have to be careful because there's a lot of companies out there that just print it off on their copy machine, and they're not worth anything. So you have to do your due diligence just because it, a certificate from XYZ sports memorabilia company says this is signed by Mickey Mantle doesn't mean it's really signed by Mickey Mantle. There are so many people out there that will say an item is real and give you a piece of paper that doesn't even have their phone number on it and just to make you feel better. So you buy the item. So it's basically on you to figure out it's real. And then when you put it on eBay, you need to take really good pictures. And a lot of times people on eBay have to be prepared. It's buyer beware. So if you're a buyer, what should you insist on to know that the item is in fact authentic? Great pictures. Usually great pictures. If it's furniture, I want to see pictures of the drawers pulled out and underneath the, the drawers because I can see um, how they're put together. You know, if it was made 150 years ago, they're not using screws. They're not even using normal nails. The way they made nails back in that day is a blacksmith made the nail. And so it's not, does, there's not a round top. It's, it's more flat. And so on the sides. So I need to see that. I need to see underneath the bottom of it. Did sometimes great furniture was signed. If it is, um, uh, is if it's old rods and reels, I need to see the underside of it, it uh, the markings of where it was made. It was pottery on the underneath side of where it was stamped, what country it came at. It's all about the picture and close-up pictures and the amount of pictures. So if you see something and it's over the internet, just ask for more pictures and that will help you be able to make your decision better. All right, so you see something, you think it's authentic because the pictures are good. Uh, your next chapter in your book is negotiating like a pro. How do you negotiate to get the best price? Uh, do you have to research in advance how much you're going to be able to sell it for before you know how much to offer in the first place? Yeah, you need to. So when you're researching it, there's an area in eBay called completed items. And, uh, you know, just so many people that even use eBay on, a, eBay on a regular basis don't know there is on the left-hand side of of the screen, it's it's right in the middle it's called completed items it actually shows you what that item actually sold for in the last 90 days and so very a lot of items that people are buying and selling 
there are that same item already been sold on eBay a hundred times before. And so finding out what the going price is will help you know, negotiate better. And guaranteed, whether you're at a garage sale, estate sale, Craigslist, wherever it is, people are prepared to lower the price. And I've always advised people, you know, if it's $100, you can start out at $50 and then find a happy medium. But if you start out at it's $100 and you start out at $5, that's where the negotiations is not going to get better. It's going to get worse because people don't take you serious. So you have to understand, give a fair price. If you know it's really worth $100, you shouldn't be starting out at $10 because you will shut down the person that owns it. And now the negotiations just got a lot harder because you've insulted them. So that's where I think it's, it's a very, you got to find the right position to start at. If it's easy enough to go onto eBay and see the closed sale prices, why is somebody going to sell something on eBay at a deep discount to what they can see it's selling for at a higher price, allowing you, Joe Average, to arbitrage the difference? Because first, a lot of people don't know about the different tactics on finding out a value. So if I looked at the completed items and I found out it was $50 and it's you know that's what the last one sold for, and this guy wants $70 and I'm going to offer him $40, you know, it comes down to what that item at that moment is worth. Because a lot of times people can keep on putting new items on. So if that guy wants to make a sale right then, he needs to work with you because it wasn't a month ago when the item sold for $50. It's right now. And the item could have gone up or down depending on how many of those items are on eBay right now. And that's why the negotiation dance is so important to be prepared for it. Is it different when you negotiate in person at a garage there, you're actually there with the person or by phone or email or on a, a service like eBay? Is, is the negotiating strategy diff different? Absolutely. Email, it's very, very difficult because you can't start a rapport really that strong in email. Face-to-face, -face, you can look at them, you can show up in like a t-shirt and flip-flops and look like you don't have any money and then do the little thing, the walk away where I'll give you $10. No, you want $30. Uh, well, okay, I, I'm not interested and then walk away and, you know, pretend you're not coming back. And, and that moment, the person who's selling it is all amped up because in their mind, they already have that money spent and now they're seeing you walk away. So the urge to think that nobody else will buy it right then is, is paramount and then they'll chase you down. And so that's so important when you could, when you work at a garage sales and estate sales, even secondhand stores, because you got that face to face because you're working a rapport and just say, God, and garage sale, what a beautiful home you have. And the weather's beautiful. You're working that rapport. And they say, oh, I can't pay that. I'm so sorry. God, I love the item, but I, I, my wife would kill me if I spent that kind of money. Have a very nice day and walk away. Guaranteed they're coming, chasing you down the block. Say, okay, I'll take the $10. And that's the rapport you build up when you're face to face. And, you know, with emails, you have to just do your do your best. And on the phone, you can work a little bit better. But it's the face to face contact. you got the most uh, you got the best chance to get them down to your price. How about online on eBay or, or Craigslist or something where you never talk to the person at all? On eBay, they have make an offer a lot of times 
where you can shoot them an offer where it's just cold. You know, somebody wants $500 for an old tin toy and you say $300, but there is a little box on the side where you can say, I'll give you $300. The reason being is because one just sold on eBay two days ago for this price, or I saw yours has a nick or something like that. So you can say the reason why you're offering that, which is really, really good. Um, on the on like Craigslist, then you can kind of write your belief system of why you want to do a better price. But any way you can get them on the phone, eBay does not promote you talking to anybody face to face because they're worried that you are going to go outside of eBay. And when you do that, eBay does not get paid. But some people do that just to get the price down um, a little bit, uh, a little bit lower. So. And if you if they don't have a make an offer on eBay and they just have a price on it, um, you can always there's a way of email emailing them to their eBay account and saying I will offer you a little bit lower price and and a fifty fifty chance they may do that if it's been on eBay for a long time. All these games people have to play. <laughs> yeah. So interesting stuff. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Aaron Lapidus. He is the Garage Sale Millionaire. You can find out more about him at his website, thegaragesalemillionaire.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Aaron Lapidus. He's the garage sale millionaire. You can find out more about him at his website, thegaragesalemillionaire.com. Welcome back to the show, Aaron. Thanks, Jordan. So you've got a whole chapter on what you call launching your own treasure hunt. So what are some of the places that you can hunt for good things that you might be able to prof- be, sell profitably? 
you know, I barely talked about it, uh, um, the earlier the last segment. You know, a lot of people don't um, know if you go into a bigger city, um, the Salvation Army has their own store. The Goodwill has their own store. The um, Veterans Association has their own store. And they keep on reloading with new stuff every day. And if you can think about this, imagine if your parents just pa- one of your parents just passed away or you had to move them to a nursing home and you needed to get the house either cleared out to sell it or to rent it. You don't have time to spend two, three weeks to go through everything. And if you think it's a whole bunch of knickknacks that have no value, you're going to pack it up in a big bag and all the furniture load up in U-Haul and get that tax write-off by going to Goodwill or the Veterans Association and just give it all to them. And that's how you people like me may do so well because we go to the Goodwill store and the Salvation store and we find these great goodies that they're pricing at five, ten, fifty dollars at the most, and we can sell them for three hundred, five hundred, a thousand dollars, and that happens more often than not because you have people that are specialists in women's shoes, high-end women's shoes and purses. That is a great place. Uh, secondhand stores, places like um, going to Aspen or Vail. I'm, I'm using these places in Colorado because that's why at the end of ski season. And I know those aren't collectibles, but those are items that you believe it. You'll find new skis and outfits. It's all about making money. And even if it's not a collectible, if you but if you drove by all these secondhand stores at the end of ski season, they're selling stuff at pennies on the dollar. And all you have to do is clean it up, put it on eBay, and you'll make a fortune. And that's how I talk about treasure hunting, going to schools, colleges at the end of the semester. Those kids throw away everything because they don't want to deal with books are worth tons of money, those college books. And so I know a lot of people that basically dumpster dive or look for stuff next to the dumpster, which is legal. And they buy it, clean it up and resell it. And that's there is there are treasures every day to be found. And you don't have to go that far. If you're in that circumstance where your parents just died and you got a house full of stuff and you don't know what's worth something, what's not. So you, you don't give away all the value. What is the best way to deal with it? As you say, people don't want to spend the time going item by item. Should you bring in an estate auctioneer? Or what is the best way to get the value out of things in a house like that? That would be the best thing. It, you know, if you don't have the time, there are people that have, have businesses set up there where they put on an estate sale and they go through everything. But I, I have to tell you, you should make the time that you go through all the little drawers and the closets and the boxes because you never know what you're going to find. And having an estate sale person and their you know, $10, $15 an hour employees doing that for you, you're going to lose some artifacts and collectibles that you didn't know you had. And they'll unfortunately end up in somebody's pocket. And that's why you guys just take just take a day and go through everything, and then let a an a sale a, an estate liquidator um, do the rest. And how about online? Uh, in addition to eBay, what are some other places people can go to find things and and get a sense of the value? Googling items. It is amazing. Just because it's not on eBay doesn't mean it doesn't have a value. And so Google is an amazing, amazing thing. So. Just going into the the search bar 
and typing in um, tin toy with monkey. And then boom, you come up with all these dealers and different pictures of that item. And yes, you just said tin, old tin toy with monkey, but there are, everybody has these photos that they upload, whether it's on um, uh, uh, um, Pinterest or wherever it is on their people's web personal website, you'll find a plethora of information by just Googling that item. And how about dealing with auction houses? Can you ever get a deal actually bidding for something at auction that you can then resell at a higher price? That's a, that's, I'm glad you brought that topic up. So if you go to Christie's and Sotheby's and Heritage, where they come out with big uh, uh, auction books of what's going to be auctioned you know, six months in advance, and they've emailed these auction books to everybody, not really. But if you go to a local live auction that is in your neighborhood, you have a very good chance of getting a deal. And one step even better, I like to go to these live auctions when the weather is bad. It's going during a Denver Bronco game. You know, we're Super Bowl winners, just to chime that on in. Um, you know, going when other people want to go. And those are the opportunities you make yourself when you want to get a good value on an item. When does it make sense to have a physical garage sale uh, as opposed to putting things online? Um, anytime, my wife and I are, are moving into a new house here in the next few months. And there's so many items. I have kids clothes, I have kids toys, I have other clothes, I have kitchen stuff that we're never going to use. I have like 15 spatulas. How in the world we got 15, I don't know. But when items, when you have a whole bunch of items that worth a dollar, to like $30, that is a waste of time putting that on eBay, even on Craigslist, unless you want to have a, a promoting your garage sale. So that's when you when you think you have enough to make $500 to $1,000, because that's real money. That's nothing to sneeze at. And that is a good way of doing a one-day sale at a garage sale from like 8 in the morning to 3 and blow out a ton of inexpensive items. I believe that is a reason why you would have a garage sale. And what are some of the other things you've got to help a, a garage sale be successful? And what are some of the things people have to watch out for when you're doing a physical garage sale? Um, you got to put up a lot of big signs, about 20 big signs within um, a couple miles of, of your, your house or your apartment where you're going to have it at. That's very important. You have to put a lot of items out. If you only have you know, 30, 40 items, don't even waste the time. Every time items sell from the front of your garage sale where the street is, you have to replenish the front area so it always looks busy so people will stop. Um, make sure you have electrical cord. If you have electrical items, a lot of change. I like to teach my son the value of money. So I have him um, do a lemonade sand and sell cookies and lemonade and learn about money. That also makes him money. And it also keeps people staying at my garage sale longer because usually when people go to garage sales, they get up too early to get a meal. And so now I'm giving them food and drink and they're staying at my garage sale often. So those are the things you have to think about. The do nots are ever letting anybody into your home for any reason, whether it's to use the bathroom or the phone, never let anybody into your home. Second, be careful on where you put your signs. Some towns are very picky that if you put them on 
um, stop signs, you know, the pole on the stop sign or the light poles, they may get mad at you. Some towns even have that make you get a permit to have a garage sale. Also, there are certain items that are dangerous to sell, like drop down cribs that have been all recalled. So be careful what you're selling to know that you're not giving it to somebody that can hurt them in a severe way. And what is the cashback artist ripoff? The cat. Oh, it, it's amazing. People still fall for that, that people give you a check and then ask for money back. And this happens at garage sales. It happens on Craigslist where somebody will come on up and say, Oh, I'm sorry. I have one check and I accidentally wrote it for $50 more. Can you just give me, how about I wrote it for $50 more. I'm so sorry. It's an inconvenience. Why don't you just give me $40 back instead of the $50 for my foolish mistake? I'm going to give you the extra $10. And then people cash that check and find out the check is bad. Never give people more money than what the item is. And on top of it, don't take checks these days. I'm sorry. You may want to do that and they may look very, very honest. But checks at garage sales just don't work at Craigslist. They need to give you cash. That's the way it is. So I guess you've been you've you've learned all this by being burned yourself. Is that right? I have I, I have been burned, but I once. But what I see is a lot of people telling me their stories, and it's it's heartbreaking of what people and these the same scan goes back and over and over and over. You know, another little trick is PayPal. PayPal and a few other organizations make it very very easy to take credit cards. So if you're having a garage sale. In a smartphone, you can get one of those plugins to your credit uh, to your smartphone and to actually take credit cards, and that is really really neat. So if somebody does not have cash and they stop at your garage sale really quickly, you can take a credit card. They do charge between three and four percent, so you may want to ask charge that to the person who's buying it, or you can eat the amount. But it's very simple; it drops right into your bank account, and it's very very safe. In your book, you have a whole list of the different kinds of collectibles that uh, are, are being traded these days. If somebody's want to get started as a way to make money, they're, they're doing this as a business, what would be one of the two of the ones that you think would be the best ways to get started? Um, so a lot of times people, um, you know, if they want to get started in the collectibles world and um, need money is to, I like eBay a lot. And setting up a store on eBay is very easy and very, very affordable. Craigslist only goes to a small amount of people in your area. So, yes, people do look at other people's Craigslist throughout the United States. I actually do. Um, but uh, the Craigslist is great for couches and, and oversized TVs and different things like that. So if you have that thing and you want to liquidate and try to make some money, that's one good idea. But eBay goes all over the world, and I would really try to go through all my items and see what I can say, sell on eBay. And then I also ask my parents. So if you're, and I've done this with my parents, I ask them, what do they have that they don't want anymore? I'm, and this, I did this a long time ago, trying to make money to start my art gallery. And they had a lot of stuff that they just stored in the attic, and they just gave it to me. So don't 
don't think that uh, asking your parents or your friends, a lot of times people just give you this stuff because they don't want it anymore. And, you know, you, you thank them by having them over for a barbecue or something like that after the garage sale. So there's all these great ways of setting up an eBay account and selling items. And like my biggest tip is if you don't know what it's worth, do not sell it until you have a value on it, because that's how people like me make a lot of money. Exactly. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Aaron Lapidus. He is the garage sale millionaire, and you can find out more about him and his work at the website, thegaragesalemillionaire.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Aaron Lapidus. He's the garage sale millionaire, and his website is thegaragesalemillionaire.com. Welcome back to the show, Aaron. Thank you. So in addition to doing garage sales, you've helped other small businesses to succeed. What are some general tips you have when you go into small business to make it succeed? Because so many fail uh, after a relatively short period of time. Yeah, the number is astronomical. About after the first year, you know, over 90 percent of them fail after three years. It's the it's about five or seven percent. It's only like three percent can last more than three years. And, you know, it's interesting. It's basic information that I'm always amazed that small businesses don't know. And, and it doesn't matter if you have a restaurant or you sell knickknacks or even an art gallery like myself. One of the biggest things that I found out, a lot of people don't track their inventory. So if you if you have an antique store, you should know at any given time how many antiques you have what you paid for them, and how long you've had them. And this, you think, is a basic 
everyday idea that everybody should know, but I will tell you most people that are starting the business by the seat of their pants don't have time to write down and track and have good software like a QuickBooks or something like that that can track inventory. That goes for restaurants. If you have a whole bunch of buns and paper towels, you should know what you have so you don't keep on buying the same stuff or you buy food that will um, expire and get bad because you buy too much of it. You have a tracking device. I usually go through these many hot dogs and buns this week. That's why I will only order that amount the next week. A lot of people do not have that kind of tracking device. And, and, and I think that's very, very important for people to know. How about setting up the kind of business, whether it be a sole proprietorship, an LLC, uh, subchapter S, uh, limited uh, partnership? What are some of the pros and cons of setting up from the beginning the right legal structure? You know, that would be a great question for your attorney and your accountant. But, you know, I've realized that the business I set up, LLCs are very, very important and it protects you. So if you have a business, one business, you protect it inside an LLC in case somebody wants to sue you, in case it goes bankruptcy. That will kind of tie it up to that one entity. Now, if you put it all under your personal and you sign everything for personal, you run the risk if you file bankruptcy that people will come after all your personal earnings and, and wealth. And so that is so important to get a very good accountant and an attorney to walk you down those steps because that's how people lose everything that they've taken years to make. So you're saying even the garage sale business and buying and selling collectibles, uh, it is good to have an LLC set up to do that. Absolutely. I have all my businesses in an LLC, and then, I'm, then I run it then, then through an S-Corp. And so, so how do you, that's what works. How, how do you take money out of the S-Corp into your personal life for spending? I uh, pay myself. I W-2 myself. So I legitimately pay myself so I can write off... Uh, so the tax man don't cometh. So when you take out, you take it out of salaries and you withhold at that time. Exactly. Because yeah. it's very, very important. If you do not write everything down of all your expenditures, how you pay yourself, if you just start writing yourself checks, that's, how I, that's a very good way of getting sideways with the IRS. And then how about the financing of a business? Say you're really going well and you need more capital. Is this a, a business that you've got a bit of a track record that banks will, will bankroll you on? They will. A couple of things. First, you have to have a good credit score. That's very, very important. So everybody should be checking their credit score on a monthly basis. And a good credit score to banks is above 700. Um, yeah, a really good one is above 750. So if you have that, a lot of banks will just smile at you and help you. Um, the next thing is they uh, banks want collateral. And they will not give you a loan of any substance just on your signature. So you need to be able to have equity in your home, in your in um, the building that you have, in inventory. If you have high-end inventory that you can show, they will also do that. So that is so important. Even with SBA, that they have they're a li little bit less um, stringent. They want to see two years worth of. Uh, financials before they will lend you money. But you want to start the process before you need the money. 
because the process is not quick and can take anywhere from a month to three months. SBA can take up to six months. So you want to start the process when you don't need money. So when you need money, it's very easy and you have a bank that's ready to help you. So you're, it sounds like you're mixing up personal and business. I mean, your personal credit score shouldn't apply to the business of buying and selling collectibles if you have it in a subchapter S and an LLC. Aren't you creating a, a business credit record that you're going to be borrowing on? Um, there is a Duns and Bradstreet um, credit rating, but with everything I've ever done, people want you to sign for it personally on a loan. And so a lot of people will say you never should sign business loans personally, but there, if you're a small businessman like myself, um, any kind of other small business person, they are, the bank is going to make you sign it through the business and personally, and they are going to check your credit rating. And in, in addition to banks, are there other alternative lenders? I mean, for example, there's peer-to-peer -peer lending. There are other people now in this field that would help finance either a general small business or specifically one that's buying and selling collectibles in your garage sale millionaire idea. Yeah, there are people that are called hard money lenders. Um, that's another avenue, and they, oh, wow, they charge you like, like somewhere between 10 and 15% on the money, and then one to five points. So that is very risk, risky and do not recommend it. You know, some people have credit cards that they can get a, a, a cash advance that they've gotten their, um, their interest rate lowered because they have good credit score where it's only maybe 12 or 13%. That's still a lot of money. And so I like the peer-to-peer, -peer. just always when people go after money, try family and friends first. Uh, but, you know, the interest rate, 10% doesn't seem like a lot, but it starts building up quick and you can start getting yourself in trouble when you're paying those high interest rates. What, what kind of trouble have you seen people get into when they get into this business, either the operational part or the financial part? They lose everything. They can't pay it. And then next thing they know, People are leaning their property, and then they get into more trouble, and their stuff starts getting auctioned off. And that is very prevalent. You, if people do not mess around when you're when you have their money. So if you if you get in trouble quick, you want to figure out what is your backup plan. Do you have um, a CD? Do you are how easy is it to get into your um, 401k. It's a horrible idea, Jordan. I know you're cringy when I say this, but you've got to always have a backup plan or, or people have lost their businesses, their properties, you know, it, always have a backup plan. Do not, do not go in it blindly and say, this will work. I'm guaranteed. I know this business will make me money. If you go into that blindly, you're going to, you could fail very quickly. How do banks value a constantly changing portfolio inventory of collectibles that are buying and selling all the time. I mean, they're not experts in baseball cards or all these different things. How can they value that kind of inventory for collateral purposes? A lot of times they ask you, to, uh, in my case, they ask me to give them an inventory uh, list um, once a year and they check it and then check it against um, that company, my IRS or what I claim as my inventory so they know it's real. And if I if I have $500,000, that's what I report to the IRS, and that's good to them, then they keep on loaning me money. If it takes a big decrease, 
they may they may ask for their loan back. So I always have to be careful that the bank at any given time is going to want to make sure their assets are intact. In about a minute or so we have left, Aaron, just kind of sum up what a difference it can make in people's life if they do this whole garage sale business uh, successfully. You know, uh, Jordan, when I started uh, by 10 years old and when I turned 24, I made my first million dollars. And I did it by myself, for myself, with nobody else helping me. And it was something that I enjoyed and learned how to do by myself. And now it's even easier. That was that was 35, 40 years ago when I was doing all this. Now there's books. Now there's uh, the website. If it, it, you can take a hobby and make it, it make huge amount of money, and all they need to do is do their research, take time reading, and they'll just and and be prepared to have fun. And that's how you'll make a lot of money is is making sure you're having fun and you're doing your research too. Terrific. Well, this has been very inspirational to a lot of people. Uh, my guest this hour has been Aaron Lapidus. He is known as the Garage Sale Millionaire. He was on PBS for many years. He's done columns on this. He has a, a Cherry Creek, Colorado uh, art gallery about this. And his book is called The Garage Sale Millionaire. You can find out more at his website, which is thegaragesalemillionaire.com. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Aaron. Thank you for having me on, Jordan. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.